Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. We're in uh, uh, the Torah study uh, in Numbers 13 through 15 today. It's the 37th Torah study. We're heading to uh, like 54 of them. And uh, so God uh, is with us. We're over halfway through the journey for this year. Uh, And today's study uh, is... Uh, the story, and we got into this a little last week, of how Israel missed their destiny because they listened to the wrong voices. This is such an important concept. Be, be very aware of who's speaking into your life. Right? The people on TV, are they speaking peace and love into your life? Or are they speaking hate and division into your life? Right? Uh, in this case, you, you, uh, you might recall the story of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land uh, to spy out the land. Uh, When they came back, they came back with a negative report, an evil report, and it caused the entire nation to miss their destiny because the whole nation was listening to this leadership group who said, God is not able to keep his promise, we're doomed. And suddenly all of Israel that was just a couple days later supposed to march in and possess the land, they lost that inheritance and most of that generation ended up dying in the wilderness. Uh, It's interesting because they came back and they said, it's everything that God said. But! Whoever heard of that song with the birth of butt sisters? But, all of a sudden, that big but got in the way, and it caused Israel uh, to miss its destiny. And that's kind of a, a, a word for you and I. We're joking about it and laughing about it. Uh, yet, we, we have to make sure that we don't negate the promises of God with our butts. Yeah, God said that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, but God said I can do all things through Jesus Christ, but God said that I will live long and and prosper in all wisdom and knowledge and wealth and treasures, but and we make those excuses and all of a sudden the but becomes more powerful than the word of God. Are, are we okay? So, uh, praise God for Caleb. Caleb was uh, one of the 12 spies that uh, spoke up and said, Uh-uh, God's promises are true. They are yes and amen. And I believe the promises of God more than I believe the word of these spies. He said, let's go immediately and possess the land. We can do it. But the spies didn't give up, and the devil doesn't give up, right? 
The spies kept throwing it back at Caleb and Joshua, Moses and Aaron, and they insisted, we can't win against these people. They're stronger than we are. They're bigger than we are. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And so, all of a sudden, uh, that word is being spoken, and most of the people received it. They listen to the wrong voice and end up making the wrong choice. In fact, it got so bad that they even expressed regret they had joined Moses on the exodus in the first place. And so they decided uh, not only just to murmur and grumble and bellyache, they decided to appoint a leader who would take them back to Egypt. Anybody want to go back to Egypt? Go back to sin? Go back to living for the devil? Amen. Me neither. I'm with you. So public opinion uh, swayed all the people to the point they lost sight of the promises of God. And all of a sudden they were overwhelmed with all the wrong feelings. Doubt and fear and unbelief. They were skeptics. You know, there's still skeptics in the church today. And so that's why we need to pray a little bit harder, sing a little bit harder, uh, be joyful, be uh, more expressive, be more. If you can't be bold in church, you're probably not going to be bold out in the world. So be bold today. Someone shout amen. 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 In the end, it was a disaster. And get this, it's because Israel became their own worst enemy. Can you see that? And in today's day and age, it's still the same. Many times, uh, when, when we uh, think about and wonder, why do, good, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? A lot of times it's because without even realizing it, we become our own worst enemy. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, we can actually, in the story of the spies, we can go back and trace uh, this whole attitude and where it came from by studying our Jewish roots, ancient wisdom. And if you go back to Numbers 10.33, uh, there's an interesting scripture that says, And they, Israel, journeyed from the mountain of God, from the mountain of Hashem. Well, you can read that and not get anything out of it. Okay, they, they left the mountain and went on their way. But there's more to it, uh, and that's why everyone needs a rabbi. Amen. The sages teach that what was happening here is that Israel was hurrying to get away from God. They had been at Mount Sinai, received the revelation, received the Ten Commandments, and by extension, those 613 commandments. And uh, uh, they weren't, uh, after that, just anxious to get onto the promised land. They were, they, they were anxious to get away with God so they didn't get any more instructions. Oh my gosh. They just didn't want to receive any more commandments. Uh, the sages actually write that in journeying away from Mount Sinai, they acted like children running away from school. 
Anyone raised kids before? Ever, ever uh, dealt with, I don't want to do my homework. <laughs> yeah, it's that same thing. And Christianity, Judeo-Christian believers can have the very same mindset and yet be in church. Why, you know, we, nowadays we live in a day and age where when's the service over? I want to maybe start going to one of those churches that guarantee a 55-minute service. You're in and out in 55 minutes, guaranteed. Right? But uh, uh, if, if you get to a point where I've already heard this. I don't need to do any more reading my Bible, any more studying. I don't need to do... All of a sudden, that's a sign that lukewarmness is setting in. And that's what's going to knock you off your destiny. Amen. How many people are determined not to let that happen today? I see all those hands. But, you know, look, we've been pastoring uh, since the 80s. And it's not uncommon to find believers becoming their own worst enemy. Uh, it's kind of like they're unbelieving believers. You're an unbelieving believer. We, we say we believe God, but we don't believe His promises, and we let all the situations and circumstances that the world is defining your destiny will be, that becomes our truth instead of the Word of God becoming our truth. And so we're in church. We say we love God, but we haven't cultivated the spirit of faith, and we're saying all the wrong things, and we're letting all the wrong people speak into our lives and we're rehearsing the curse and we become unbelieving believers and many times we don't even realize it we just think oh it's just normal that's just who i am but what you got to realize is that's when satan steps in and he begins to use those doubts those fears that unbelief against us and it leads to a lot of self-inflicted problems why do bad things happen to good people we need to check ourselves if you're always taking one step forward and two steps back that's not god's plan right and so we got to say, am I opening the door with my thoughts, my attitudes, my language, and am I self-inflicting things into my life that's opening the door to the devil? Well, there's an old song that says, shut the door, keep out the devil. Amen. Who's ready to shut the door and keep out the devil? Amen. Well, there's a, a, if you've been coming to Torah study for any length of time, you know I love to read Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, an amazing rabbi. And he wrote this article uh, entitled, Seeing What Isn't There. And uh, it's all about the, the, the 12 spies, 10 of which saw things that weren't there. They read into the situation things they never should have read into it. And I encourage you to read that article. But uh, part of the article, the rabbi uh, draws this connection between being your own worst enemy and a form of psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy. 
And that's a, uh, a therapy that was developed to help people change the way they interpret events. You can actually change the way you interpret events. You don't have to keep sizing up the situations in your life negatively. Right? The man who discovered this treatment found that his patients were always struggling because they sized up the situations in their life in the most negative ways possible. To the point of being fatalistic. And in many cases, they didn't even realize what they were doing. But it affected their life dramatically, and it affected their destiny. It was like they were stuck in a moment, stuck in a rut they couldn't get out of, just like the spies in today's Torah study. So uh, uh, this... uh, uh, man that developed this therapy, he explains uh, uh, how his patients would think themselves into a condition that he called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. They thought themselves into a state of mind that created a perpetual sense of helplessness. I mean, this is real stuff, right? You know, uh, you could look at it this way. You can get into a mindset and you don't even realize it where you're a perpetual victim. Yeah, right? Are we okay here? So essentially, the patients learned uh, and taught themselves how to distort and exaggerate every single situation. Does anyone know? Don't raise your hands. How on earth could somebody just continually, especially a believing believer, I guess if you're an unbelieving believer, you could run into some of this. But how could somebody always with the Lord in their lives continually imagine the worst possible outcomes? And so they condition themselves for failure. They condition themselves for disappointment with all of this negative self-talk. Amen? And so what ends up happening is you create a defeatist attitude. And all of your thoughts and all of your words become your default reaction. The instant something happens, you're chicken little and the sky is falling. And many times you don't even realize it. That's why everybody needs a tape recorder. Tape your entire day and then go back and listen to your entire day and say, is this building faith? Or is this destroying faith? Yeah? Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) There's some good news coming. Amen. Now, uh, this can be traced all the way back to childhood, they say. And somewhere along the line, the enemy got in and used some kind of event, a disturbing event, a traumatic event that traumatized the person and all of a sudden their whole view, their whole life, everything is seen through 
uh, uh, that particular negative prism. And it can never be overcome by worrying about it. By uh, being filled with anxiety about it. By complaining about it. You'll never get set free. Of course, no one here has this, of course. Let me reassure you, you're all doing real good. But once you're traumatized, you need to get healed. Amen? Jesus is the healer of the broken heart. He's come to make you whole. What you've got to uh, uh, end up doing is the Word of God has to become so dominant in your life, it begins to dominate all of those bad things that happened in your past. And that, my friend, is called fighting the good fight of faith. Right? And a lot of times, uh, churches don't teach you how to fight the good fight of faith. They just teach you how to hold on and take whatever the world gives you until Jesus comes. But that's not the Bible. That's man's doctrine. The Bible says you're an overcomer. The Bible says you can do all things. The Bible says you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. So the rabbi gave a a few examples of the distorted thinking. Uh, One example is having all or nothing thinking. Everything's either black or white. It's either good or bad. It's either easy or impossible. And that was the spy's verdict on the possibility of possessing the land. It's impossible. It can't be done. There was, they left no room for any other possibility. And Christians do that all the time. That fatalistic approach just pouring out of your, your mouth. What God is saying is that, that that evil treasure that's been built in your heart by bad situations, I want to reverse that in your life, and I want you working on building a good treasure in your heart, so powerful, so dominant, that it washes away all of those anxieties and all that, and you begin to see things the way God sees things, Instead of the way that your experience tells you to see it. Amen. The spies could have said, yeah, it's going to be difficult. But God's going to give us the courage. God's going to give us the skill. And through the power of God, we're going to prevail. Amen. Then there's negative filtering. That you automatically, now this again, this doesn't define you. It's just that person you know. That that you automatically discount the possibilities that that God could move in a hundred different ways. None of that's even considered anymore. And you filter only the negative things get through. You uh, focus exclusively on being negative. The land is good, but... God gave us, it's just like God said, but, and all that long list of negatives on why you can't, why it won't work, why it'll never happen, why we're not going to win in this thing, all of that drowns out the positives. We need to learn to reinforce the promise of God 
if it takes a thousand and one times a day, speak the word, sing the word, pray in the Holy Ghost, be on fire for God, fight back against all of that. And eventually the scales are going to tip and you're going to be so filled with the power of God that yeah, things are happening, but, but you're, you're not dying. It's not your destiny. Amen. And then there's blame. We love playing the blame game. We always want to accuse someone else for our predicament. We don't want to take any responsibility. It wasn't my decision. It wasn't my fault. It's, it's, it's that other person in my life. And that's what they did with Aaron and Moses. It's your fault we can't take the land, Aaron and Moses. If only you had let us stay in Egypt. And all of a sudden, the old times, the good old days, were better than uh, the good new days in front of you. The point is, is that you're not powerless to change. Right? How many of you got the Holy Ghost? How many of you believe the Word of God? How many of you are strong in the Lord? How many of you believe God still releases signs and wonders and miracles? Amen. Well, believe that. And doubt your doubts. So the researchers went on to discover if patients became aware of this, uh, they could begin to see how wrong they were in viewing life the way that they had been trapped into viewing life. In fact, they realized that, you know, with help, they could cure themselves by changing dysfunctional emotions. Isn't that good? You can change your thoughts, right? You can change your behaviors. You're not stuck uh, in the way you are for the rest of your life. This book that God gave us called the B-I-B-L-E is filled with power, life-giving, life-changing power. We just have to get to the point where that's what dominates our life more than how the world tries to dominate our lives. And again, you're not in need of psychotherapy. Relax. Relax. Don't do a self-analysis and get all worried. What you need to know, though, is how to stand your ground. Having done all to stand, you need to what? Stand. Stand your ground against all that negativity. Refuse to lose. Refuse to give in to that, right? Fight the good fight of faith. Put your dukes up. And fight all of that off. Ephesians 6 says that one of the weapons of your warfare as part of the armor of God is the sword of the? Which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The problem is, is we don't take the, the sword out and use it enough. We, we want to talk to others about the size of the mountain... Instead of talking to the mountain about the size of our God. So let's get back to that, right? 
Psalm 90.17 says, Let the beauty and the grace of the Lord our God rest upon us and bring success to all we do. Yes, bring success to all we do. Make that your motto. I have success in all I do. Yeah, but you don't seem to have it, brother. I have success through Jesus Christ in all I do. And if I've got to lather, rinse, and repeat that for 365 days, I'm in it to win it. Uh, Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. The Passion Translation of Philippians 4.13 says, Let the strength of Christ's explosive power infuse me to conquer every difficulty. I thank you, Jesus, that I am conquering every difficulty in my life. I thank you no man, no devil, no situation can overcome me. I am an overcomer. And if you got to say that a thousand times to build the good treasure in your heart so that it's bigger than the negative things in the world, then do it. Well, I tried that once. The Bible is not... Uh, an Aladdin's lamp. Where are you? Okay, come on, Jesus. Anybody got some dice? Where's, where's the dice from Purim? Oh, your life is not built on chance or fate. Your life is built on destiny given to you as a child of the living God. You have been infused with his power. Resurrection power is in you. So for the rest of the day, act like it. Now, uh, there's another issue that we sometimes wrestle with, and it has to do uh, with a different kind of fear, fear of success. And Rabbi Sachs wrote a different article called Fear of Freedom, which he says this is where the spies were struggling. They had a fear of freedom. Now that they were set free from sin, set free from Pharaoh, set free from slavery, set free from Egypt, all of a sudden they went out and God was with them, a pillar of fire, the clouds of Shekinah glory, all the manna right delivered right to your front door, you know, even got some quail, water out of a rock, miracles happening everywhere, and all of a sudden they get to the promised land land and it dawns on them uh uh-oh all of a sudden things are going to change we're going to be split up into 12 tribes and some are going to move out that way and some are going to move out this way and we've been so close camping around the presence of God and all of a sudden that presence of God is just going to be at the tabernacle and I've got to be more responsible for what I'm providing for my family. I've got to be more responsible for creating a spiritual environment and it's, it's not like Brandon and the praise team can walk with you seven days a week and sing hallelujah choruses to keep you pumped up you've got to do like the governor of california once said you've got to pump yourself up pump yourself up amen and that's why the spies came back with a defeatist report Uh, They had seen with their own eyes that God can do it. 
He's the Almighty God. He's always supernaturally intervened for us. We've seen the evidence, signs and wonders and miracles. And it wasn't like all of that was ancient history. It had just happened within a year. Anybody had a miracle in your life within the last year? Where God, you knew God supernaturally intervened and saved you, spared you, did something incredible, amazing, extraordinary that would have never happened. Uh, no one would have, it, it, Vegas would have put 10 million to one odds on it. And here you are, a walking miracle. Don't forget that. The spies forgot that. They had selective amnesia. They only wanted to remember the negative stuff and forgot to remember the positive stuff. And they weren't just random people. Right? These were people appointed as heads of Israel to go do what uh, uh, Moses sent them to do, to spy out the land. And that goes to show you, you better be careful what leaders are speaking into your life. Right? Are they building you into someone that is learning helplessness? There's nothing I can do. God's not great enough. God's not more powerful than my situation. Yeah, and you can go. God doesn't heal anymore. God will never bless you. Your lot in life is your lot in life. You're bound by fate and chance. There's nothing. And, and churches this morning are gathering together and, and pastors are preaching that message to the flock and they're just soaking it all in, but they're tipping the scales the wrong way. And they don't even realize it. What about faith? What about I can do all things through Christ's energetic power? What about greater is he that's in me than the spirit that's in the world? What about by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed? What about, beloved, I pray above all things that you be in health and prosper? Amen. So they listened to the lies of the enemy and they lost their hope and trust in God. Amen. I was... uh, I was reading a, uh, quotes, and here's a great quote by Nelson Mandela. You were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within you. Come on. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other per- people permission to do the same. As you are liberated from your own fear, your presence automatically liberates others. Nelson Mandela. Isn't that an amazing quote? And that starts in your family, in your marriage with your children. Amen? You may have been uh, brought up and all you heard was criticism from your family, from your mom, from your dad. And sometimes that criticism is so deeply embedded uh, that you don't even realize you're replicating that in your family. And so you've got to counteract that. You're, you're not 
uh, helpless. You're not a victim from what happened in your past. You are redeemed by the power of God, by the power of the blood. You're a, you have a new beginning. You're a new creation. All those old things are passed away. And as Aladdin once said, there's a whole new world. A whole new world for you. How many of you have seen that new world? Amen. And so our Christian life isn't about, you know, boy, if only I could live in a monastery. Away from all of life's challenges. and I just want a cabin at 10,000 feet in Colorado. I'm going to build a bunker, get some tribulation food, and hang on till Jesus comes. That's not God's plan for you. Right? You're supposed to engage in this world. You're supposed to be advancing, not retreating. God, give us a spirit of advancing, of succeeding, of accomplishing and achieving some things, not retreating and just hanging on by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. Right? Are you with me? Amen? So how does all of this make a difference to you and I today? Well... It shows us that we need a miracle in our thinking, right? We need to be transformed in in our attitudes, in our personality, in our temperament, in our disposition. Jesus, transform me. Heal my broken heart. Make me whole. Give me a vision of your word and the destiny that you have in front of me so that I stop looking in the rearview mirror. Have you ever tried to drive looking in the rearview mirror? (laughs) Not so easy. Amen? The Bible says God's thoughts and God's ways are not our ways. But they can be. Right? And once we adapt more of God's thinking, more and more and more of God's thinking, all of a sudden you'll be building a good treasure in your heart. And instead of being dominated by emotions and feelings and all the things from the past, and you're just rehearsing that, and it's just uh, that becomes your whole uh, view of life. It's worse and getting worser. Instead of that, you're going to break through. God's going to give you a breakthrough. And you're going to get back to all those principles that Jesus taught us about moving the mountains in our life. About walking by faith, not by feelings. All of these things. The great writer and playwright George Bernard Shaw once said, We are made wise not by the recollection of our past, but by the responsibility we have for our future. So, don't live in the past, right? Be restored. Get your mind off your problems and get your mind back on the the promises. Make a mission statement for your life. This is who I am. This is what I believe. And come hell or high water, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to fight back against all of the enemy's lies, against anything that the world tries to bring against me. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ. And these obstacles are going down to Chinatown. That's how you fulfill your destiny. 
So uh, here's a couple things as we close. Uh, what can you do to overcome? Number one, confront your fears. Fear is a tool the devil uses against you to make you miserable. And the people around you, you probably didn't notice this, but the people around you are miserable too. Here, here he comes again. Identify the fears that keep vexing you. And in a spirit of spiritual warfare, start calling that thing out in prayer. Come on. Challenge that thing. Confront that thing in the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're running out of month before you run out of money, or is it the other? If you're running out of money before the month runs out, challenge that thing. Right? Anything that is opposite the promise of God, challenge it, confront it, go against it, put up your dukes and fight, fight, fight. Amen? Remember, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Number two, change your story, change your tune, change your story. Stop rehearsing the curse. Stop telling everyone your hard luck stories. Everyone in here has had bad things happen to us. Rule number one in this world, the devil hurts people. So everyone has bad stories to tell. But telling the bad stories leads to the wrong emotions. And suddenly you're rehearsing the curses and opening the door to the devil. You're stirring up the wrong feelings. you got to change your story. Begin to speak faith about your future with more passion and more excitement than you are in telling your hard luck story. That's why we don't have testimony nights anymore. Because people will spend 20 minutes saying how bad it is, not realizing you're reinforcing the wrong feelings, and those feelings are being driven down into you, and and they're like a thorn in your flesh. But uh, But then Jesus came in and saved the day. You got a little bit of passion for that, and you got 20 minutes of passion for the devil. Whenever you go ask pastor to pray, don't rehearse the problem with him. That's why Lydia stands with him. Oh, no, 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 no. No, let's, let's, let's rephrase that. Let's change the tune. What do you want God to do? Uh, Pastor, I want to agree with you in prayer that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I, I want to agree with you in prayer that this legal decree against me is going to be rendered null and void and the favor of God is going to be loosened into my life. That's how you give a prayer uh, a request to the pastor. Amen. You are today where your thoughts and words have brought you. Dear Lord. But you will be tomorrow where your thoughts and words will take you. 
So let's get our thoughts and words in line. Amen. Number three, uh, create a vision. It's not enough to refrain from being negative. You've got to learn the power of positive thinking, the power you have in your words, the power of defining your vision. Begin to define your future. Imagine the possibilities now that you're a believer. Write down some positive faith goals. You've got write down the positive things for your family. The positive things in your career. The positive things in your finances, in your ministry. And then begin thanking the Lord they're coming to pass. Thank you, Jesus, that I am prospering like never before. Thank you, Lord, my salary increases by $10,000 this year. Thank you, Lord, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. This cancer thing, this diabetes thing, this asthma thing, I rebuke that in the name and by the blood of Jesus and I release the overcoming power of a resurrected Savior to change my life. Number four, change your behavior. For example, if you're a procrastinator, the moment you catch yourself saying, I'll do it tomorrow, do it today. Challenge that thing. Change that behavior. Make a call. Send an email. Leave a message. Drive to your dream job and and walk around that thing and confess the blessing. Make a video. No one does that today. But make a video of yourself and have your confession on tape. And replay that video every day you start singing the blues. And you hear yourself at your highest, most energetic, enthusiastic, positive moment where you are amped up in the Lord and you are saying, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I can do through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And then keep hitting replay until you believe yourself. Amen? Which is my last point, lather, rinse, and repeat. Right? Get in the habit of doing that, and all of a sudden your destiny is going to change, and you're going to walk into bluer skies, a happier life, a more positive life, and your friends won't be wondering, how do I ditch this dude? (laughs) Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer today. Father, we love you this morning, and thank you that you are doing a marvelous work in our lives. You are transforming us, our thinking, our attitudes, the way that we view life. You are making an impact in our lives and in our destiny. You are uh, just scouring out of our lives all those negative confessions. We cancel those things right now. Any curses that we've been rehearsing, we're changing our language, changing our story, changing our lives today for the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Happy 4th of July.